Hello, and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover Chapter 9 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life, authored by Anita Carter and Frank Carter, published by Tableau Publishing in 2018, copyright held by Buddhist Discussion Centre Upway Limited. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen to the teachings of the Buddha. Chapter 9. Merit for the Path The concept of merit is universally recognized by Buddhists and frequently found in Buddhist teachings and writings of all Buddhist traditions. Looking back to the happiness map near the front of this book, you will see the words increasing merit on the right-hand side of the diagram above the virtual platform. Put simply, merit is our mental wealth, our mental power to bring us what we want in our life and in our experience, and includes our power to do what we choose to do. If we are materialistic, we have a belief system that says our well-being is best achieved throughout our life through manipulating phenomena and conditions outside ourselves in the external world. Hence, we relate to the idea of wealth as an external manifestation. However, despite an abundance of good external conditions, we may feel mentally poor, we may be depressed, we may worry a lot, we may experience a lot of anger or frequent lack of energy. These are all symptoms of mental poverty. The fortunate thing is, it's a situation that can be rectified in a very direct and practical way. The definition of merit from the Buddhist perspective can be understood as Merit is the accumulated karmic result of good deeds you do with your body, speech and mind. 1. Merit is Analogous to money, it can be used to gain external wealth and internal development. It can be used for whatever purpose you wish. 2. Merit is the fuel of mental and physical health, wealth and prosperity. 3. Merit is what you generate by benefiting others. The wonderful thing is there is no lack of others who you can help. You only need to look around and most likely you will see someone who you can offer your help to. Merit is important to help us along our journey through life. It connects us with factors that are good and beneficial to ourselves and others and can improve the quality of our mind. While the material wealth a person gathers can be lost by theft, flood, fire, confiscation, etc., the benefit of merits follows us from life to life and cannot be lost, although it will be exhausted as we live if not replenished. A person will experience happiness here and now as well as hereafter through the performance of good actions, 
accumulating positive merits in the present time. Buddha advised that one should collect oceans of merits and virtues by performing deeds that counteract the negative karma of having broken the five precepts in our past. Imagine you had a large glass container with a small cupful of black ink in it. If clear water is added to the container, then gradually the liquid turns from black to grey. If a lot of clear, pure water is added to the glass container, the effect of the black ink becomes less and less, and eventually the whole container appears as if it's filled with clear water. The analogy is that the black ink is negative karma made in our past, this life or before, which causes us to suffer in many ways in our life. The clear water is poured into the container as we do more and more meritorious acts in this life, and a point is reached where, although the black ink or black karma is still in the container, its negative effect is very much diluted. Buddha Dharma practitioners devote much of their time and energy to performing many highly meritorious actions, such as the ones below. For example, one, supporting of life, the precept of no killing, offering food to the Buddhist monks, nuns, and lay people, offering of robes to the Buddhist monastic community, which is kathina ceremony, offering of clean water. Clean spaces, medicine, money, shelter, clean dishes to others. Two, giving, the precept of no stealing. Giving our time, love, money, wealth, medicines, and food to other, giving attention to others, and giving people the space that they need. Allow them to come into your lane when driving. Offering your parking space, allow people room, provide a nurturing space. Three, building and maintaining harmonious relationships with others, the precept of no sexual misconduct. Actively maintaining wholesome and robust relationships, building harmony, such as attending family gatherings, bringing people together, doing things for others with no strings attached. Respecting others' relationships, being sincere in our actions. Four, being truthful, the precept of no lying. Being accurate in one's speech, accepting of others' point of view, providing clear and concise information, shining light on the situation, seeing things as they really are. Admitting mistakes to oneself and others, being honest and courageous. Five, being clear and attentive. The precept of no intoxicants that cloud the mind. Accepting situations that are painful and difficult with accountability. Facing up to challenges, difficult people and situations. Being mindful in. Present on the body, speech, and mind. Practicing samatha and vipassana meditation. The general advice from Buddhist teachers is to make more merit than we consume on a daily basis, following these four simple rules.
One, make good karma merit every day, practicing generosity and lending a helping hand. Two, keep five precepts. Three, offer your help in Buddha Dharma activities any time, which is highly meritorious. Four, learn how to dedicate and share our merits. In the Dharmapada, it is written. Happiness is the outcome of the accumulation of merit. Merit is a good facilitator. It opens doors of opportunity everywhere. A meritorious person will succeed in whatever venture he or she puts their effort into. If the person wishes to do business, they will meet with the right contact and friends. If the person wishes to be a scholar, they will be awarded with scholarships and supported by academic mentors. If the person wishes to progress in meditation, they will meet with a skillful meditation teacher who guides him or her through their spiritual development. Their dreams will be realized through the grace of this treasurer of merit. It is merit that enables a person to be reborn in the heavens. And provides them with the right conditions and support for their attainment of nibbana. Ten ways of making merit. The Buddha identified ten ways of making merit in ascending order of power. These are given in Pali with English equivalents. One, dana, which is charity, generosity. Two, sila. Which is observing precepts, morality. Three, bhavana, which is meditation, mind cultivation. Four, apachayana, which is respect for dharma teachers. Five, viyavacha, which is giving a helping hand for others to perform virtuous deeds. Six. Patidana, which is sharing merits. Seven, patanumodana, which is joyful acknowledgement in the sharing of merits. Eight, dharma savana, which is listening to dharma teachings. Nine, dharma dasana, which is teaching dharma to others. Ten, difuju karma. Which is writing one's own wrong views. Buddha Dharma teachers constantly point to merit-making opportunities and direct their students in merit-making activities as the fuel for their learning and insight. The law of cause and effect, which is karma and vipaka, determines that to attain learning and benefit in respect of anything. It is necessary to produce an accumulation of available wholesome action. Pali is kusala karma. This merit is the energy of all realizations and the cause of continued wholesome conditions of practice. A corollary of this means, without sufficient available energy, the student's meditation will not produce realizations. And further, the student will find it difficult to find conditions that will support his or her dharma practice. 
Some basic conditions have to have to arise in order for beings to be able to practice the Buddha Dharma. These are: one, to be born into a Buddha Sasana, which is Buddha teaching era; two, to be born into a suitable body or form; three, to be born healthy in order to live beyond a few years; four. To have sufficient food, water, warmth, and conditions to sustain this present life. Five, to meet the Buddha's teaching of the Middle Way in a language that can be understood. Six, to be teachable as regards the Middle Way. Seven, to desire to learn the Middle Way. Eight, to have no major obstruction to being trained in the Middle Way. Nine. Over an extended period of time, the desire to practice and realize the teachings of the Middle Way. Ten, to have sufficient leisure time to be taught and to practice the Middle Way. The maintenance and development of old and new Buddha Dharma centers is one area of activity that, for many practitioners, could act as the base of new wholesome karma. On which they can continue to practice and realize the Middle Way throughout their life. A practitioner's home altar should reflect his or her center's or temple's altar for maximum benefit. If the temple attended is of the Mahayana tradition, the home altar should reflect the style of practice. Cleaning altars is an offering in itself. It is no different to the cleaning of floors in a monastery as monks and nuns do as part of their usual practice. As the hard shell of a tortoise protects the soft body within, the soft dharma too has to be protected by the physical structure of temples, their upkeep, administration, financing, and development. At the same time, the shell or structure is not an end itself. But exists for the benefit of Dharma practitioners through supporting the preservation and proliferation of the noble eightfold path, as taught by the Buddha. A center with a sound structure will not become a dead institution and will not become an empty shell devoid of the body of living Dharma. Buddhist temples exist for learning, practicing, and realizing the Dharma. This concludes Chapter Nine of the book titled "Bringing Wisdom to Life." Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to other chapters of this book and our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. Or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.